Navigating the travel world doesn't have to be complicated. Whether you want to hack your points and miles, figure out where to travel next, or you just need advice on an ethical dilemma. I'm Aislinn Green, host of Unpacked by Afar. And in the brand new season, we are unpacking the most captivating and challenging topics in the travel industry, one conversation at a time. Topics like the sexiness of travel insurance and the perils of quote-unquote bad tourism, and even the secrets to flying with children and not losing your mind in the process. Listen to Unpacked by Afar wherever you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. This story begins in the Ottoman Empire. Around the time of the 17th century, the right blend of spices were put onto meat, that meat was stuck on a skewer, and eventually the Donner kebab was born. Maybe it was lamb, mutton, or beef. It's, it's really hard to say what the first meat on a stick was and who ate it, but it worked well and people all across the territory we now know as Turkey started to make what would become one of the greatest street foods of all time. As the Donner kebab recipe traveled, the pieces of meat on a stick became stacks of meat rotating vertically on a spit while grilling. Places like Egypt and Lebanon called it shawarma, and in Greece, it became a euro. But when it crossed the Atlantic Ocean and arrived in Halifax, it became the Donair. This is The Secret Life of Canada, a podcast about the country you know and the stories you don't. Hey, Fallon. Hey, Leah. What are your thoughts on the Donair? Uh, you love it, hate it, prefer a hot dog? Where are you with it? I mean, okay, I would probably go Donair on this one. Normally, I'm a hot dog lady. Not going to lie. <laughs> I know you are. You yeah. love a hot dog. I do. I love a hot dog. But I think because Donairs are kind of more rare for me, so I feel like if I had to pick between the two, I'm going Donair. The Donair is Halifax's official food. And since it's eaten all over the country, I thought we should figure out when the Donair got to Canada, who brought it here. And, you know, is it the same recipe most of us are eating now? I mean, has it changed over time? And I say most of us because I learned that the Donair ingredients vary depending on which province you're in. In fact, I learned that the origin story of the Donair is often hotly contested, and for a while there, Halifax battled it out to lay claim to the Donair. It got, it got real. <laughs> okay, so this is the Donair story that has uh, some intrigue to it. Okay. It does, yes. Just like a spy movie, it has intrigue, actually international intrigue. Because as much as the Donair can be considered Canadian, there are versions of it everywhere. The beauty and the ingenuity of the street kebab is that it just evolves and evolves because it's always sort of adapting to the palates of the local community, almost like a language evolves over time. My name is Omar Moalam. I'm a writer, journalist, and documentary filmmaker. And uh, according to at least one local newspaper, I am Edmonton's foremost Donair expert. <laughs> a Donair expert. This is amazing. I'm very proud of you. I know. It really is. Mm -hmm. I think mm -hmm. he fell into the mantle of Donair expert, but he's really emerged as a true aficionado. And that's probably due to the fact that he grew up around Donairs. Um, Omar's parents immigrated to Canada from Lebanon, and they 
opened a burger baron in High Prairie, which is like a basically a burger joint. They have them all over Alberta. Mm. In 1990, his father introduced the Donaire onto the menu. I remember thinking of it as Lebanese cuisine because it was wrapped in a pita, I think. I just saw it as like Middle Eastern food that we were introducing to the town. And nobody in this town of like 2,500 people had probably ever tasted one before. And most of them probably had never heard of it before. Um, you know, and, and when they asked what it was, you, they didn't really have the context of of like a shawarma or, or a gyro. You couldn't say it's like a shawarma or a gyro. You would have to say it's, it's like a meatloaf wrap, I think is is how it was sold to them. Meatloaf rap makes me think if Meatloaf the musician rapped. Um, but this is really interesting, though, you know, um, you know that, that they're in Alberta at this time, not Halifax. Yeah. Because I thought this was a Halifax story. Oh, it is. It is. It is. I know people are already upset with me because we were starting off in Alberta. But the reason that Halifax actually became the Donaire capital of Canada was because of immigrants like Omar's parents. You know, people came to Canada Mm -hmm. or around the world and they introduced it wherever they settled. Every immigrant who has adapted the the street kebab, what we're talking about is the rotating street kebab, to the palates of the local community has, well, they've adjusted it to to local tastes. Um, I mean, it's it's how you end up with the tacos El Pastor in uh, Mexico. You know, it's introduced as a shawarma by Lebanese immigrants, and then it is adjusted to the palates of of Mexican nationals with tortillas, with uh, salsas, and with uh, pork meat, and with a pineapple as well. Or you could go back even further to the shawarma, which started as a Turkish dunar and was introduced to the, the Levantine Middle East by the Ottoman Empire. It was also adapted to the palates of Lebanese people. I mean, for one, they started using pita bread, but also like the pickled vegetables is something that has been common in Levantine cuisine for quite a while. I love El Pastor tacos. Oh, me too. I, I mean, tacos generally, yeah, right? Tacos I mean, generally. you can't really go yeah. wrong. I, I was actually really fascinated to learn that El Pastor was introduced into Mexico by Lebanese people. And, you know, looking at the history of the dish, a lot of Lebanese people are responsible for bringing the world grilled vertical meat. And I, I'm so happy. <laughs> Me too. Okay. So did Lebanese immigrants bring the donaire to Halifax as well? You know, you said it was being eaten in Alberta. What's the timeline mm-hmm. on this? Like, where, where did you find this all out? Is there, <laughs> is there a donaire museum that I can go to in Halifax? Who has the info? Okay. Well, you know what? I, I did find out all of this info, but I didn't find it out at a museum. I don't know if a museum exist it should but i found a human version of a donaire info commercial i guess or info packet what would you say a flyer <laughs> no expert <laughs> i found the human version of a donaire flyer i'm lindsay wickstrom i'm the author of the book of donaire everything you wanted to know about the halifax food that became canada's favorite kebab Lindsay lives in Halifax, obviously, Mm -hmm. and runs a food blog called Eat This Town. And a couple of years ago, she thought she'd write a post on the Donaire, you know, but it ended up 
being such a dense topic, there was so much to cover. And it was really so popular that eventually she turned all those posts into a book. Well, that makes a lot of sense because Halifax has Donair Corner, am I right? Yes. Otherwise known as Pizza Corner, um, there are three pizza slash Donair restaurants for the choosing. And it's kind of become like a historical little... Um, place to go. There's yeah. also there's a church on the fourth corner, which I also think is hilarious. But yeah, that's the spot to go for donairs. Donairs and church. <laughs> why not? <laughs> yeah, why not? Okay, so uh, did Lindsay know who brought the donair to Halifax and and when that happened? Oh yeah, so she told me the donair was brought to Halifax by a Greek immigrant by the name of Peter Gamalukas. Many Haligonians probably know about his restaurant, the King of Donair. So the inventor of the Donair was a Greek immigrant named Peter Gamalakis. Um, he wanted to bring the Greek gyros to Nova Scotia and introduce us to his favorite street food from back home. Um, and when the locals didn't care for the taste of yogurt and lamb, he adjusted the recipe to appeal more to local tastes, making a sugary sauce um, using beef instead of lamb. And eventually it became what we know and love as the Donair, and it really took off. He pioneered this recipe at his restaurant in Bedford called Vilos Suvlakia Sunnyside. That was the actual name of the original restaurant. And then when he wanted to break off from that to do a, a Donair specialty restaurant, he um, started up a chain of restaurants called Mr. Donner, D-O-N-E-R, eventually switched to Mr. Donair with the new spelling, D-O-N-A-I-R. And then eventually by 1977, he had rebranded it to King of Donair. And so the story goes that the original Donair was uh, King of Donair on Quimple Road in 1973. But from my research, I'm not so sure that's the truth. And I think that it may have been 1976. Okay, so Peter introduced it to Halifax. But if he was Greek, why didn't he just call it a euro? Well, yeah, I was wondering that too. But Lindsay thought it actually has a lot to do with the Turkish word. And so the popular story goes that Peter Gamalakis, the inventor, um, he was giving out free samples of this new food. And when people would ask him, well, what is this called? He said, well, he looked um, over his shoulder at the rotisserie machine and it had the word donair on it. So he turned back around to the customers and he said, it's called a donair. Now, some say that it was the customers that anglicized it from donair to donair because donair being a Middle Eastern word or a Turkish word, um, it doesn't, you know, when you read it, you want to say Donor or Donner, right? And it was the customers that started pronouncing it in their interpretation of it. Okay, I got it. So it was easier to pronounce for people and it morphed from Donner to Donair, which I don't know. If you think of the Nova Scotian accent, you know, they, they're really great at elongating vowels. So that makes sense, right? Totally makes complete sense. So for people who don't know, what what is the Halifax Donair? Here's Lindsay with the breakdown. So you take your Lebanese pita. So it's not a Greek pita. It's not a fluffy pita. It's a Lebanese pita. And they take that and they, they throw it on the grill with a little bit of grease and water. And that makes it kind of pliable and soft. And then uh, you have your uh, spit-shaved meat, which is ground beef with spices. Um, and then you have your tomatoes and onions. And... Um, the donair sauce is uh, evaporated milk that's been curdled with vinegar, which sounds delightful. <laughs> but um, that's essentially what it is, is a evaporated milk, vinegar, a little bit of garlic powder, and 
sugar, lots of sugar. Um, so the, the donor is like packed with meat. Like sometimes you open it up and there's, there's no way you're going to eat this as a wrap. Sometimes it just, you open it up and it just falls everywhere. Um, a lot of people will eat it with a fork and knife or with their hands on the table. You're going to make a mess. Uh, like you're going to get it on your clothes. You're going to get it on your face, down your arms. It's so saucy and so meaty. It's so interesting that it's originally Turkish, brought to Halifax by a Greek person who makes it kind of like a gyro, but uses Lebanese pita and then creates this sweet sauce, which I am going to assume is specific to Halifax? Yeah, the sweet sauce is very specific to Halifax, and it it really makes the Halifax donair the Halifax donair, you know? As Omar mentioned off the top, you know, the recipe changed as it traveled. And that's just what immigrants did to food. So it would sell. You know, you take your ego out of it and you just you just provide what your customers want. I think that's what uh, Peter Gamalakis was probably thinking when he invented the sweet sauce out in Nova Scotia. You know, this Greek uh, lamb meat is not working for the locals and this tzatziki is not working for the locals. This isn't really to their palates. Maritimers I've heard are known for having, I guess, a penchant for sweetness. That might explain the invention of the sweet sauce. So the key ingredient uh, to appeal to Nova Scotians was sugar. I mean, I don't mind this at all. The combination of sweet and spicy or or sweet and meat. I love a sweet savory. It works for me. It does. It it really works. And it was so interesting to hear what Lindsay found in the archives about the, the original sauce. The first time the word donair shows up in any of the public records is the yellow pages from 1974. And it's an advertisement for Vilos Souvlakia, described as um, sliced lamb, pita, tomatoes, onions, and cheese sauce. Cheese sauce. Okay. I'm into this. I like a cheese sauce. Yeah. So was it actually cheese sauce, or do you think he described it that way to his customers? Yeah, I, I mean, when talking to Lindsay, I think that's it. I think it's like the meatloaf wrap idea that Omar mentioned, you know. Before it melts, the sweet sauce can kind of look like a spreadable cheese. So I think it was just marketing in a way. And, and Lindsay also explained that, you know, it's hard to kind of sell an evaporated milk sauce with vinegar, and it would be easier at this time to sell a cheese sauce. It would make sense to the people. She also had a pretty good theory of why he chose to try a sweet sauce over a tangy sauce. I think that it might have had something to do with the success of Chinese food. At the time, in the uh, 60s and 70s, it was pretty common to go out for Chinese food, uh, especially after the bar. My dad talks about going to the Garden View restaurant after the bar to get uh, cr- crispy wontons with sweet and sour sauce and, you know, things like egg rolls and sweet and sour chicken balls. And I think that he may have noticed that and just said, well, everybody here seems to like sweet things, so let's try a sweet sauce. And uh, it worked. The sweet sauce is definitely the biggest thing about what makes a Halifax Donaire a Halifax Donaire. Of course. Um, yes. And um, to any new immigrants who may be opening restaurants in the future, uh, sugar sells. It certainly does. Like, for instance, here's what here's what sits in my fridge. I don't know if you can see that. Can you see that? Describe what I'm holding <laughs> up. So um, it is a giant bottle of Donair sauce. 
and it's actually made in New Brunswick. Yeah, so what are you putting that on? I put it on nothing. I actually... (laughs) So this is our household um, donair sauce, which I don't partake in because I'm going to confess something. It's going to be very... Oh, don't do it. Controversial. Don't do it. I I don't like that sauce. I don't like it. Uh... I'm so sorry. And goodbye. <laughs> I know, it's bad. No, it's fine. It's fine. Not everyone does. The donair place I used to go to in Edmonton as a kid, it just didn't make donairs with a sweet sauce. And so I was really just used to a tangy garlic sauce. They're definitely like fast and loose with it in Alberta, even with the sauces too. Like you'll you'll go to a donair shop and they will ask you what kind of sauce you want, which... Uh, <laughs> I'm sure, you know, is just so upsetting to the to the hardcore maritime donair people. Well, the further away you get from Halifax, the more the donairs start to, the purity laws aren't uh, quite as strict. So you can even go an hour outside of Halifax and find something with lettuce on it. Purity laws. No <laughs> donair will be considered pure if it contains lettuce. I mean, I found out that there are apparently a lot of impure donairs floating around Canada, according to Lindsay. They might put pizza sauce on it, or they might put pepperoni and cheese on it. You go to New Brunswick, it gets even worse. There's lettuce everywhere. But then once you start going to places like British Columbia, it's it's wild. Like, there's no there's no laws, there's no rules. In, in some places, they seem to use the word donair to refer to any kind of wrap. And then they'll say it's Halifax style if the sauce is sweet. If you eat a donair in Halifax and then you go try to eat a donair in Vancouver, you'll see it immediately. When I was doing my research, I would come across things like Hawaiian chicken donairs with pineapple and chicken on them. And there's just no rules there. So Vancouver should just bow out of making the donair uh, is what I'm taking from this. I I think the lovers of the Halifax donair would just say, why don't you BC people go up a mountain and just find a new name for whatever it is you're putting lettuce and chicken on? Because that is not a donair. I feel like we've made enemies like clear across the country in this episode. Everyone is mad. <laughs> yes, everyone is mad. I'm Helena Bonham Carter. And for BBC Radio 4, this is History's Secret Heroes, a new series of rarely heard tales from World War II. They had no idea that she was Britain's top female codebreaker. We'll hear of daring risk-takers. What she was offering to do was to ski in over the high Carpathian mountains. Of course it was dangerous, but uh, danger was his friend. Subscribe to History's Secret Heroes wherever you get your podcasts. If the Maritimes originated the Donair, why are there slightly different versions across the country? You know, why are you eating one without sweet sauce in Edmonton and garlic sauce instead? You know, why the variation? Well, first of all, Edmonton rivals Halifax in its love of the Donair. And in fact, Alberta makes an inordinate amount of Donair meat. There's like a huge factory there. And just how I explained that many Lebanese people brought a version of this kebab all over the world... They did the same thing in Alberta. Here's how it happened. So Halifax, like Edmonton, um, has a large Lebanese diaspora. What I found is that it probably started with this one man named Shauki El-Hamra, who was working in a restaurant in Dartmouth, Nova Scotia, 
saw the popularity of the donair there at the, at the same time that there was the oil boom in Alberta and saw a lot of maritimers moving out west for oil and, and gas jobs. And so the way he tells it is that it occurred to him that there was a great financial opportunity for him too to move west, but not in the oil and gas industry, but rather servicing the maritimers in the energy industry by selling them donairs. So in the early 80s, Schauke moved to Alberta to open this Donaire shop, but the stock market crashed and a recession hit, and there's just no way he'd be able to afford a lease on a building, so he started driving a cab instead. Oh, damn. Yeah, but he didn't give up, and eventually he found a submarine shop in Edmonton that he could afford to buy. So he opened it and called it Charles Smart Donaire. Then word got out around all the Maritimers that were living in Alberta at this time, and the place took off. Okay, so it came to Halifax first in the 1970s and then was brought to Edmonton in the 80s. Yes, and this is where a lot of the rivalry and disputes come from. I just, I noticed that all of the origin stories of which person opened the first restaurant where or or introduced it are, are very disputed. You know, everyone wants to lay claim to the donair, and that's also why Halifax felt it was important to declare it as the official food of the city. Oh, and who was disputing that? Well, it's sort of Edmonton's fault, actually. If you want to get really specific, it's Omar's fault. <laughs> well, this is a twist I was not expecting. Ten years ago, I gave a talk at this you know, semi-seasonal event where um, people from the community present to an audience on any topic they want using 20 slides and 20 seconds per slide. And I did mine very tongue-in-cheek about why Edmonton is the true donair capital of Canada. But it may have gone viral or something like that because word spread to Halifax. And I think through the filter of the internet and social media, they may have taken my talk a little too seriously. May have seen it as this legitimate attempt to claim the donair as Edmonton's local dish. Omar unwittingly provoked a Nova Scotian bear. They took it very, very seriously. One of our counselors got wind of this and got concerned when we decided that we had to beat Edmonton. There was no way that they were going to lay claim to the donair. We invented it. It's our food. Um, so it, it got set before council um, and there had to be a staff report and there was some sort of 43-page report. In 2015, Halifax declared the Donaire as its official food in a close, very close 7-7 seven, seven tie vote. The mayor actually, his, his vote broke the tie and some people were not impressed. I mean, all of the fish off the coast were like, hey, what about us? Aren't we tasty? Don't we count? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure the lobster roll was probably pissed. And Absolutely. I'm, I'm sure fishermen were not feeling the decision. But the most important thing was that Edmonton would not be able to claim it. And, you know, when I was talking to Omar, he he has come around to this. For the record, Halifax is the capital of the Halifax Donaire. <laughs> of course. Of course. Of course. <laughs> I know right? And they deserve very that. very careful to say... Halifax. They were, they're the capital of the Halifax Donaire. <laughs> they are the capital of the Donaire. They are the, they are the homeland. 
success. <laughs> you know, I'm I, I'm glad the beef has been quashed and put to rest. I, I mean, mostly, I, I do still think there is some underlying competition there. Well, it's funny because a year or two ago, an article came out in a, an Edmonton paper, I think, and it was saying that, well, there's actually more donair shops in Edmonton than there is in Halifax. But this is because in Halifax, every single pizza shop serves donair, but it, most of them don't have the word donair in their name. Look, I think it's pretty clear that Halifax did it first, right? did it did it best mm-hmm. and everyone else in the country including alberta is just building off of what halifax created and that's okay i agree i mean i think they're building off what the ottoman empire oh, did I first guess, yeah <laughs> and then everyone ran with it but yes in canada halifax definitely did it first and you know the people that Lindsay has talked to about this they had endless nostalgia stories about donaires like you can you can really just feel that it has such a special place in in the heart of Halifax and for Nova Scotians um you know they talked about where they were when they took their first bite what they remember and so i thought we should end with one of those stories here is Lindsay reading a true Halifax Donaire story submitted to her by an anonymous contributor. <laughs> anonymous. Oh, God, that means it's going to be good. <laughs> when I was just 19, I was downtown and getting hammered. I slept in my friend's truck in front of the Lord Nelson Hotel and woke up around 6 a.m. with a cold Donaire on my lap. I got out of the truck to get some air because I was beyond hungover and started to go to town on the donair. It starts to hit my stomach wrong and I start feeling very sick. A lady then walks out of the Lord Nelson with her kids and says something along the lines of, this city is so beautiful, the people are amazing. I wonder what we're going to see today. Just as she says that, I, 10 feet from her, start puking my guts up into a bush. She looks over disgusted to see me holding a donair puking with one eye open. I look at her and say, welcome to Halifax, and then puke again. She turns her family the other way and tries to shield their view. Not my proudest moment, but still makes me laugh. I love that story because I could totally see myself doing something that when I was young and dumb. And we have this urge, we have this thing in Halifax where we try to be so hospitable. I can totally see the tourists coming out of the hotel with this brochure of all the beautiful things they're going to see in Halifax. But then there's a little bit of the remnants of the part of Halifax that we try to hide. And so to see those two worlds kind of collide, uh, to me, that's just the most hilarious story. If you want to read even more stories about Halifax's official food, you can find them in the Book of Donaire. We're going to link to it along with Omar's film about a chain of Lebanese burger joints in Alberta called The Last Baron. You can check it all out on our website. The Secret Life of Canada was recorded in Jotjage, also known as Montreal, the territory of the Ganyukahaga, and Toronto on the traditional lands of the Haudenosaunee, Wendat, and most recently the Mississaugas of the Credit. The episode was written, hosted, and produced by me, Leah Simone Bowen. And me, Phelan Johnson. Research assistance by Andrea Eidinger. Story editing by Yvette Nolan, with mixing and sound design by Braden Alexander. Our digital producer is Roshni Nair. Senior producer is Tina Verma. And Arif Narani is the director of CBC Podcasts. Our logo is by Bada Wogan Illustration and Design.
For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.